Ready to roll? Yes, sir. Bruce, what's going on, man? I appreciate you doing this. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure, brother. It's a pleasure. What's cooler, being on your first baseball card or being in a video game? Ooh. Uh, I think being in the in the in the video game, man, it's like I have the I have the version of my last big league uh, video game. I've got uh, that last version. It's like in its case and everything. I bought it physically. Okay. It's at the house in like a case, bro. I think it's awesome. And uh, don't get me wrong, being on a car, I have plenty of cars, and they're 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 amazing because you can keep them. But it's like being in a video game, man. Like not everybody could do that. It's awesome. Where are your cards displayed? I know you got the video game. You said uh, locked up. Where's the cards displayed? You got them displayed anywhere? Uh, no, no. My my cards are sitting in my room, and they're like a box. And I have them. You know, they're all encased and everything. But I haven't I haven't put them in like a. What I have to do is I have to go through them and and go to, like, the ones I have duplicates of. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put them in a frame because it's going to be, like, one of each type of card. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it. And then I'm going to put it in a big frame. It's going to be cool. Born in Germany. I know your father worked for the U.S. Army. Did he meet your mom out there or did she follow him out there with him? Um, She followed him. They met in – they met in the states. I, I honestly, I honestly don't actually know the story personally. Um, but both of my parents are from Indiana, not far from each other, um, and so they've been they were together for long, long time, long time. They're no longer together. But uh, my dad was on active duty for four years out okay. in Germany, so that's where I popped up. So, are you a fan of the Bundesliga? The what? The soccer, soccer, soccer out there oh. in Germany. Oh yeah. I'm a, my team is the the national team for Germany. Okay. <laughs> but I actually, I've always loved soccer though, too, though. So it's, it's like, it gave me, it gave me kind of a team outside of America to root for. And I, Dude, that's and I, what I root for too, man. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I know you have dual citizenship. Have you been out there for either soccer or for Oktoberfest? Um, we, we actually were there. My wife and I were there last September and we were in Munich last September because we had a qualifier for team Germany for the world baseball classic. Okay. And we actually got to me and a few of my other American teammates. We got to go to Oktoberfest for one day, like before we left. And it's incredible. It's sick. like you will, you, you, you know, you hear people that go and you see videos and this, that, and the other, but being there in it, it's, it's gigantic. It's awesome. The, 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 the vibes are immaculate. And, and there's literally, people from all over the world that come to Oktoberfest just because it's Oktoberfest. Like it, it's, it's so insane. nuts. Yeah, it's insane. How heavy, because you play for the national team, how heavy is your name out there? Can I go out there, drop your name and get some free shit? No. <laughs> no, no. Probably not. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do I do have like fans and stuff out there and I have friends out there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not that big. I'm not that big of a deal over there. You moved to Alabama as a young age. Was that another deployment? What made you got your family moved to Alabama? Yeah, my dad. My dad got stationed uh, here at Redstone Arsenal, which is the Army base here. But it's uh, one of the fastest, biggest bases in the country. They have. They also house NASA, Boeing, all these oh, things. Shit. Like it's not just an Army base, man. So like our town that we live in here in Huntsville is a. It's. I'm not gonna say it's an industrial town. But it's more so most of the people that aren't from here have come here either from Boeing, NASA, Army, whatever, because everything in this city, it's like a military city almost. Obviously, you play baseball out there. Do you play any other sports? Because we know Alabama, you know, football is a religion. Do you play any other sports out there? I never, I didn't play football much. I played basketball a little while when I was younger. Um, once I got to high school, I kind of stopped all that stuff. Uh, my sister was a division one basketball yeah she player. balls out right yeah she hoops bro she's gross and um and so i just stuck with baseball man i loved it um we're dedicated my whole my whole life to it pretty much so to this point so i'm always fascinated i grew up in new york my whole life so i'm always fascinated with states that don't have professional teams what team did mm. you gravitate towards and who was your dude honestly it, it's it's different i guess it's different for me because so my dad's like for example my dad's a cubs fan and a bears fan Okay. Because okay. my dad, my, my parents grew up in Indiana. And so coming down here, my dad never let go of those traditions. I never truly, especially when it comes to baseball, I never truly rooted for like, you know, the Braves or any of that. Um, I was more of like a player guy. 
like Griffey, Griffey was my favorite player. Griffey ever. was it. He was your guy. Um, yeah, but I used to, you know, I used to watch, you know, him, Fred McGriff, um, uh, Kenny Lofton, like all those guys coming, like when I was younger. But I, I was just a, I was a player guy. Like I, I never, I never had any type of alliance towards a team. Um, football, obviously, like I'm a Bama fan. Okay. Um, but down here, that's professional for us. Bama yeah, yeah, yeah. Auburn, well, I know it is. It's, it's, it's damn near bigger than the Super Bowl. Like it, it's, it's insane here. So I never really gravitated toward teams, though, from a professional standpoint. Uh, everything you read on the internet is true. So you went D three for college. Uh, did you start catching in college? Is that legit? My junior year, they kind of threw me back there. Okay. Like, hey, we because my junior year we were eligible to go into the playoffs, and so or like to the to the the dance or whatever. Um, and so my junior year, all of our catchers were underclassmen, right. and so right. they were like, "Listen, you're athletic enough. You're you know the you're you're a team leader. You're an upperclassman. Like, I need you to go back there and figure it out." And I was like, um, "Okay, like I I need help." Yeah. All right. So I caught I caught probably half of my junior year and the other half I went back to first base. Um, But it was more from a just from a leadership standpoint than an actual ability standpoint. I didn't do terrible. Mm -hmm. Like I I was I was pretty rough around the edges when it came to everything. But I mean, I made it work. So obviously. And do you emulate your game now? Because now you're switching from first base. Fred McGriff, left handed hitter. Kenny Lofton, you're going catching now. You following anybody? You looking like oh, I want to follow? I want to play like him? Um, no, I usually watch. I usually watch your. Um, I usually watch your certain guys to pick up the little things. Mm-hmm. Like so, if I'm ever curious about something specific, I'll look up guys who do it really well, and I'll see how they do it. That way, I can translate it myself. But I really don't. I really don't try to play like anyone else. For in in that in that example, I don't ever I don't ever try to try to be that person like this any other. But what I do is I try to learn, I try to learn things that I can make my own from those people. You get what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. Oh, so I don't. But I've I've never been like, ooh, I'm gonna throw, go try to be Yachty today. Like, it's never my thing. I love draft day stories. So it takes me 2012. There were obviously mock drafts. Did you have any idea where you might get drafted? And tell me where you were when you get that call. How does that whole day happen? Okay, so ooh, okay. So the let's see, I had a signed letter of intent from the Angels that year, um, taking me their first pick of the draft. Okay. But <clears throat> in 2012, their first pick of the draft was in like the fourth round, I think. Okay. Because they had gotten Albert Pujols and somebody else the year before. So they gave up like their next years of like first three round picks. Okay. Um, and so, so that's a good I security had, blanket though. You're like, okay, at least I'm going fourth round. Cor- correct. So yeah. that was the, that was the idea. So that's the idea I went in when I went in with, um, and then, uh, I hadn't talked to my A scout in probably almost a month before draft day. And so I, I didn't know – I didn't really know what to expect, when to expect it. I'm just over here like, all right, well, the angel said they'll grab me first if I'm there, so cool. So I woke up the second day. So the first day obviously was on TV, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the rounds were on the internet, right? They were broadcasted. So I woke up probably, I'd say, 15 minutes before the draft started. And so I'm sitting in my recliner in my living room, and, and in 2012 was the first year of the slot. So I didn't have an agent. Because I was like, oh, this is the pricing for the pick. Like, this is easy. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so me and my dad were sitting there talking, and, and I had a cup of coffee in my hand, and then my phone rings. And we're now five, six minutes before draft starts, right? So the my scout for the A's calls. He's like, Bruce E., good morning. I was like, what's up, dude? He was like, hey, um, he goes, are you down to go second pick of this round? I was like, one, one more time? He was like second pick of the round. I was like, "You mean the round that's about to start?" And he was like, "Yeah." He wow. Goes, you can, he was like, "This is your number. We'll pay for the rest of your schooling." He goes, "You can either you can either say yes to the second pick of this round, or we'll try to grab you if you're still available later in the second round, but for the same money." And I was like, "Okay, um, I, all right." I was <laughs> like, "Let's do the second pick." Like, and then um, 
right when I got off the phone with him, the Astros called me. And the Astros had the first pick of the second round. So they were like, hey, what's your bottom number? And I was like, well, I'm getting this from these people. So I added like 30 grand to it. And I was like, this is my bottom number. Okay. And mind you, both teams, like the like the slotted price that I had that we had, I was hundred thousand short of it, like my offer. Like okay. my and so it was still a lot of money, right? But yeah. Um so I just added like 30 for the pick before because obviously <laughs> it's a higher spot. And they were like, okay. And they called me back. They were like, you're not that number for us. I was like, okay. Like, that's fine with me. Like, I'm just going to go to the next pick. Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and when and when my number, when my name got called, even the, the even the announcers were just confused. They had, they had like nothing in for, on me because I was listed as like a sleeper in the draft. Okay. I wasn't really projected super, you know, it's not like I was projected first round or anything. But I was projected at the time like seventh to ten tenth round. Oh, really? So, so getting from from the publications, mm-hmm. and so I never really looked at that. I really didn't care too much. And then it was like second round, second pick, Bruce Maxwell out of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, da da da. And there was like, uh, and you could just see them like kind of going through their stuff, trying to figure out <laughs> stuff to say. It was really funny, actually. That's dope, man. A uh, trivia question: Who went number one in that draft? The whole draft. Carlos Correa. And how about this one's a little obscure. Who was the first ace pick? Who went before you as the ace pick? You Adam played with, very impressive. Dude, that, our, our draft class was our our draft that year was it was impossible to forget, dude. Like Addison Russell, Daniel Robertson, Matt Olson, me, Max Muncie, Thick, Boyd. Uh I mean, it goes on, dude. And like these guys, like you the twelve, the 2012 draft, I firmly believe, and I tell people this all the time. 2012, if if we – if the 2012 draft guys and the 13 guys were all in the – and still in Oakland A's uniforms in the big leagues, I, I firmly believe that we right now we'd be competing for a World Series. That's so, that's unbelievable. It really is. Well, because if you think about it, outside of like – outside of Addison um, and D-Rob, the other guys, most of the other drafts, are were were big leaguers or are big leaguers and good like dudes yeah. on the team pulling out yeah yeah so it's like if you keep all of us together and we all come up at the same time and we're on the same I mean dude it would have been crazy it's scary how about either dumbest purchase or first big purchase you make um I, I could actually say I didn't go out and buy anything dumb to be honest with you um but my first big purchase I made was um well, I got my truck when mm-hmm. I got drafted um, because I didn't have it. Okay. So I got my I got my Avalanche. I put twelve fifteen grand in it. Got the wheels, the interior. I had I had a custom Rawlings in the seats, like interior. Really? Okay. It was glove. It was glove leather. It was That's wrapped. sick. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, but and then my when I got to the big leagues, we had about my my rookie year. We had about ten and twelve of us up at one time. And so our veteran, two of our veterans, uh, came up to us and told us, hey, I'm going to need you guys to get professional luggage. And I was like, what are you talking about? I got a suitcase. He was like, no, 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 no. He goes, we're not traveling on these tra- these trips on planes when you guys have Adidas backpacks and, and this, <laughs> that, and the other. They were like, all of you, before the next road trip, which was in like a couple days, all of you need to go get designer stuff. And I was like, okay, because, I mean, we make – X amount of dollars a day. It's mm-hmm. not really that big of a deal. And so we all went together and went to San Fran and I bought a Gucci backpack and a tote that go together. And, um, the late, it was funny cause the ladies actually, the lady actually recognized me and the, the two guys that were with me. And so they gave us like a discount, which is still expensive, but <laughs> they gave us a discount and whatnot. And, you know, they threw in, Hey, when I made my purchase, they threw in like a, the wallet that goes that goes That's with the great. Pack, right and just and but that was the only I, ever since then though i still have that tote and backpack still have the wallet <laughs> but I, i've never been i've never been one of those like to buy stuff you know what i'm saying just just never did you play in vermont uh nashville midland syracuse throughout your career what's the dumbest and the best minor league promotion some of them are wacky were you ever part of any wacky ones or any really good ones 
Wait, what? What's the question? What's the like what? Any, like your minor league career, any promotions? Like, were you like Seinfeld night was the other night here in Brooklyn for the Cyclones? Were you anything like oh, ridiculous or anything really good? My when I played in Vermont, my first year, <laughs> they had some type of like it was like something that revolved around like a maple syrup promotion. And and what's funny is my host family up there, great family, awesome people. But especially coming from the South, like, don't get me wrong, we're not the healthiest of eaters. You get what I'm saying? But these people, like, you would go to restaurants and you have people putting, like, maple syrup and stuff on everything. Like, I love hot sauce and ketchup and, you know, this, that ranch dressing, like, whatever. But yeah. it's like people are putting... I, I was I, I've been to, I was going to some places sometimes. I see people put maple syrup on like hamburgers, and, shit. and I was just like, "This can't be legal! Like, <laughs> can't be legal! Not even close!" And but that up there, that's that's what they do, man. That's it the was, norm, man. And it was it, dude. It was weird, bro. Minor league baseball fascinates me, and a lot of the guys I have on, I talk to them mentally. How do you deal with? Your pick, your high draft pick, you go 0 for 4 and then 0 for 3. Are you thinking like, holy shit, I've been up here for two months. I'm one for my last 14. Does it mess with you mentally? Because you guys are in a, such competition with each other. It it messes with you. I, I can say that I can say that your lottery pick guys have a little bit – just have politics, right? It's how business yeah. works. Of course. Your lottery picks get a little more security when it comes to – because – they're a priority, quote unquote. So you don't really have to stress a whole lot, especially at the beginning of your career, because it always takes everybody time to acclimate, right? And so I didn't really panic too much. My biggest thing was I was learning how to catch. So my first two, two and a half years were rough, not hitting wise, but behind yeah. the plate, because I'm, I'm over here trying to learn these things when I got dudes throwing 96 like throwing the ball all over the place. Like I'm learning and they're learning, but my job is significantly, I went from one of the <clears throat> simplest positions yeah. on the field to the, the hardest. Right. And so it was, it was a grind for me. And sometimes my hitting, it would creep into my hitting cause I was young, you know, but it was, it was a, it was a hard, it was a hard thing to learn how to compartmentalize both my defense and my offense, because I've only ever been, I, don't get me wrong, I was a good infielder. But when you're an infielder, like, catch the ball, throw the ball kind of thing. It's it's not too complicated. I was having to call games. I was having to do yeah, you this. You quarterbacking, yeah. And so it took me a while to learn it. But once I got a handle on it, I love it. I I, I, I train and work with kids now. And I'm in there with Shane. I, I worked with a kid yesterday. I'm in there. We're doing blocking drills. And I've got his dad putting balls in machines because I'm doing the drills with the kid. And my other guys, my other guys, they were like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, if I can't show you how to do it, then you yeah. shouldn't be like, I won't teach it. Oof. Your time in the minors, you played with, uh, you know, you, like you said, you played with Matt Chapman, Max Muncy, Matt Olson, my boy Slade Heathcott. He comes up here all the time. I hang out with him all the time. Any player you played with that was like, oh, this guy's just different. This guy's a special dude. Addison. Really? Bro, I, when I tell you, man, like, that kid was a freak. Just pure, pure athleticism and just baseball IQ, too, at a young age. Like, that dude can turn around. Like, you could, him, like, you could look at him and be like, hey, listen, I want you to go three for four today and a dive and play in the six hole. And he'd go out and do it. Like, that's, hey, that's Addy, awesome. I want, be like, Addy, hey, I want you to hit a home in the right center. He'd be like, all right. And he'd that, go out talented. Do it. that talented. That talented. It it was it was it was unreal, dude. Like it it was truly, truly incredible to watch him play. And then you see him in the big leagues, and that he's absolutely unbelievable. Like it's 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 one thing. I and I talk to people about this all the time. It's one thing to be athletic, but it's one, another thing to try to be able to channel your athleticism on the baseball field. That's like freakish stuff. That dude's incredible. When uh when Slade and I came when he came on and whenever we hang out he always and he was in the forefront of it the minor league pay and you were good and he was good and that was why I always appreciated guys like you and him you guys got paid early on he would tell me how it broke his heart so some dudes who was so talented literally had to quit because they had to support their family is that ever going to realistically change 
to where these guys get because you know it's funny you go to a stadium minor league baseball some stadiums they're packed and these guys are making no money like when you hear host family if you don't know you're like why would he stay with a host like they don't realize how little you guys get paid man yeah it's it, it's i think it's prog- it's progressive right now i think they're they're working on it because even even my last year in the states i was in triple a in syracuse and i got traded to the giants so I hadn't played in over a month in Syracuse. So they sent me to double A in Richmond, Virginia to get my bats and like get my rhythm back, this, that, and the other. And uh, we played a uh, buoy. I think that's how you say it. We played the uh, buoy. And I had a like a little brother kind of figure on that team. He was telling me they had like six dudes living in their cars because buoy was so expensive to live in. But the teams weren't helping them out do anything and this, that, and the other. But, but I mean, it, it's it's hard, bro. Like, it, and it's it's unfortunate, and that's why. Like, if you talk to if you talk to somebody who has who has been in the minors and got to the big leagues or or been in the minors for a long time, it's very very difficult if you don't have the financial help yeah. from your own family. Because even even yeah, I'm a I was a bonus baby. Don't get me wrong, and I don't know how I would have survived if I didn't have it. And I used a lot, you know, I, I lived on my sign and bonus because of, because of the pay, like you're in, you're in a ball in California in Stockton, California, making $1,200 a month, $1,200 a month. And you don't even get $1,200 you get nine and that's every two weeks or, or excuse me. That's not even every two weeks. It's bonkers, that's every bro. month. Bonkers. Dude, it's insane. You do your bid in the minors. Where are you uh, mid-July 2016 when you get the call to the show? How do you find out? How do they tell you? This is actually a really good one. So we're coming home from a road trip from El Paso. We, we played in El Paso and Albuquerque. I had a ridiculous week. Like I think I hit six homers that week. Um, I hit like 800 throughout six games, five games, whatever. So we're coming home. I don't know if you guys remember this, but at that time is when Delta had like their shut their 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 blackout for like two days. Okay. Right. My mom works in travel. So she called me immediately. Yo, these things are shutting down for Delta. And we were on Delta, right? Like we were flying Delta. And I was like, all right. So we get from we go from Albuquerque to Phoenix to connect in Phoenix to go back to Nashville. We get to Phoenix. Our flight's supposed to be, the, it's the night before, okay? So our flight's supposed to be at like 7, okay? It gets gets pushed to 8, gets pushed to 9, oh. gets pushed to 10, get pushed to 11. And our whole team is sitting in the, and I'm just like, yo, this flight's about to get canceled. Like, hands down, it's going to get canceled. Pushed it to 1 o'clock in the morning, pushed oh, it to 2, ended up, ended up banging it, right? They canceled the flight. But then they couldn't tell anybody when the next one was. So we had a call. Our manager had to call the A's, not Nashville, the A's. The Oakland A's. Because, we, because the next day we had a game in Nashville. And so we, we couldn't cancel it. Like, so we were like, yo, like <laughs> we need a flight. But the, the hard part about it is you're trying to get a flight for 40 people. It's not like a few of us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So... They were like, hey, listen, if you guys have houses here, you guys can go home, get some sleep. We'll call you when whatever, because I had a, I lived in Arizona at the time. So I took like five guys with me to my house because I live 10 minutes from the airport. All right. We go back. Everybody falls asleep. We get a phone call like two hours later. Like Everybody's phone's going on. And they were like, hey, bring your ass back to the airport. Like we found a flight. And I was like, all right. So we all get in the Uber, like whatever. <clears throat> we get back. They had to charter us a flight. So we we take this flight from Phoenix to Nashville. It's about a two o'clock flight. So we we land in Nashville at about seven. All right. Okay. Our game was supposed to start at seven thirty. <laughs> so what the promotion team did was they they had like the that was when Pokemon Go was a big thing, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that weekend they made our stadium like one of those. Like hot spot spots, yeah. One of those places for that game, right? So what they did was they backed the game up 
but they kept the the stadium open so the fans could come in and do the stuff. So we got to the airport. They said, hey, listen up. Don't grab your shit. Just go to the field. We'll have the guys bring the stuff to the field. The airport's probably about 20 minutes away from downtown Nashville. So I was like, okay. So we get to the field. Hey, everybody go out on the line. Pitchers, I need you guys playing catch, hitters, whatever, da-da-da. We got guys going out there in each other's baseball pants, like, because their stuff is still <laughs> on the plane. Um, we're going out, and I didn't catch the night the night before. So I'm over here in my locker getting my stuff kind of together, and my manager walks up to me. He goes, Bruce, let me talk to you. And I was like, what's up? He goes, you're not catching today. I was like, and I and I was pissed. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> I agreed. I was like, I agreed not to catch the last the last game to catch tonight. I said, I don't know what you're doing. I said, but we need to talk about this. I said, I'm catching tonight. And you've been on like, fire, like you said, you've been on fire. Yeah. And so he was like, and he was like, well, you you can't catch tonight. I was like, what do you mean I can't catch tonight? Like I'm physically capable of catching. He goes, you can't catch tonight because you got to catch in Oakland tomorrow. And I was like, that don't, what'd you just say to me? I said, what'd you just say to me? He goes, you're getting called up your flights in the morning. Wow. And I was like, bro. And me and my manager at the time, super, super great guy. And he was, beautiful part about it was he was my manager from single A, double A, triple A, like all stuff. Yeah. Oh, so he, he was with you for your whole journey. Correct. And so I was like, Ryan, you better not be fucking with me. And he was like, no, seriously, your flight's in the morning. Holy and what's cool was my uncle, mom, sister, like six of my family members were at that game that evening because my sister's birthday was that day. And so I go out on the concourse and I was like, hey, just let you guys know, I'm not catching today, like da 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 da. And my sister's pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister's like, what do you mean you're not catching today? You haven't caught in two days, da 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 da. I was like, it's because I'm catching tomorrow in Oakland. And she's like, what? And my whole family freaked out. And um, and so I, I get to Oakland the next day. I get in about two o'clock or so. I get a pinch hit the first night, like in the in the end of the game. I, I think I ended up striking out. Okay. And then I started the Sunday day game against Blake Snell in Tampa. <laughs> I didn't get a hit, but we won. <laughs> so it was all good. But it was it was it was pretty crazy. That's a wild ride. I'm gonna rewind a little bit. You go into a locker room, you know these guys, or are you going up to Coco Chris? Marcus, do you introduce yourself? How does it work? Because you're a rookie, but you've been around for a little bit, so they know you? Yeah, so Coco has Coco's been like my uncle my whole career. Oh, my really? Big brother. Okay. So I went up to him first and almost knocked him over. Because me and Coco, I made Coco a promise in 2014. I said, I'm going to play with you as teammates before you retire. And he was like, he was like, deal. Oh shit! And so that that year it was special because I got called up, and a month later he gets traded to see sent uh, to Cleveland. And so it was it was pretty surreal for me for that standpoint because, um, you know, you have your Jed Lowry, Chris Davis, Yonder Alonzo was my locker mate. Still talk to him to this day. Amazing human being. Um, he actually got me a signed bat and ball from Yachty that year because they're they're best friends. Wow. Um, but that year, dude, was incredible because I got to I got to line up. I got some a lot of good photos and memories of that year because, um, you know, I got to line up against Big Poppy, um, pool holes. I, I, see, I see some of these guys during spring training every year, but the guys on the other half of the league I never got to play against in camp. So, to, you know, to walk out and look to my right and Big Poppy's walking up to the plate, I'm like having a fan moment. Of you know, course. Like, my job is to get you out, but right now, hey. He was like, Bruce, welcome to the big leagues. I was like, you know my name. I was like, you know my first name. Like it, it, it was just surreal. Like Adam Jones, those guys too. Like I, I just talked to Adam last night. Like, and um and so it, it was a surreal moment, man. Those those couple first couple days were insane. First home run was off who? Um Ooh. First, I, I can't, first hit I was Josh Tomlin. Correct, and I got thrown out by second. Yeah. <laughs> by right. Monter. First home run was Brad Peacock. Yeah, from the from Houston. He yes, threw me yes. a sli- he threw me a slider or a slurve or whatever. I went left center in Oakland. Take me through this. I just actually had Jim Lairitz on, and we were talking about catching. But 
You're now you're, you're learning the position. You're, you're a catcher now. You're in the pros. 7 p.m. game. Give me your day to day because other guys will come on. Like I just go to the game, batting practice. As a catcher, are you going to film? You go sit down with your pictures. Like, hey, Poppy's coming up. I want to get him out this way. Do you guys have like um like a, a class? Dude, listen. I, I I've told people this before. And they've been looking at me when I'm done. They're like, bro, you can't be real. And I was like, I'm dead serious. Like, it's like I get to the – like, when I was in Oakland, because I get to the field early. I always okay. have. Anywhere I've played. Minor leagues, Mexico, big leagues, whatever. I would get to the field at 12, 31 o'clock, and I'd be like the fifth person there, which was insane to me. Yeah. So I was like, all right, 7 o'clock game. I'd have a meeting at 2. It would be a catcher's meeting with the, our catching coach. We'd go through video. We'd have our notebooks with all the players, the hottest hitter in the last five games, ten games, month. These count, this count, what they hit best, this type of pitch, um, their tendencies here, their tendencies in this situation. Dude, it was a it was a notebook. Wow. Just on hitters. And they would give them every every beginning of the series, they would give them to the catchers. Like, and so we'd have our first meeting was the catchers. And our catching coach, we would go over the videos. This is this, this, and that, uh, about 45-minute meeting. Then we'd have another meeting with the catching coach, catchers, and the pitching coach. Okay? Then when we came in from batting practice, we would have a meeting with the catchers and all the pitchers and our pitching coach. And it would be like a slideshow almost, like a highlight issue. Then we would have whoever's starting that day, the catcher, starting catcher and the starting pitcher would sit down with the catching coach and the pitching coach and go over the line. And then then the game. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You have to process all this because you're calling the game too. Like, dude, that's heavy. It's a lot. So you, you play with the A's, then I think Mexico League, then you go with the Mets. I remember living in New York. It was pretty big news you were coming here. Like, bonus baby, kid coming up here. Did COVID hurt that? Because listen, I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. I got two seats from Yankee Stadium sitting right next to me. So I, I don't want the Mets to ever do well. But I remember there was a lot of buzz about you coming up here. And then, you know, you played in Syracuse and you, then you left. Did you expect to find a home here? Because we all thought you were going to, like, kind of bowl out here. Did COVID hurt that a lot? Not uh, – I don't I don't know. There's some parts of that that are a question mark. All I can say is when I went there, I, tr- I truly did enjoy who I played with and the instruction. I, I enjoyed the coaches. I enjoyed the culture. Um, I put my best foot forward and just kind of never, I never got the opportunity to play at City Field as a yeah. Um I, I couldn't really control it. It wasn't really in my control. I just, I try to make the best of it. And I just never, I just honestly just never got the opportunity. When you go to the Giants, you get Tommy John surgery and you don't really hear that much with catchers. Was that like a nagging injury? Did it bother you or did it just happen? No. No, I, I literally caught the two days before and hit fine. I threw three, four guys out in two games. All right. Like, I was cool. They were like, hey, Bruce, today it's your day off. Tomorrow you'll catch again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So we're out at right before batting practice. I'm long tossing with a pitcher because normally if I'm catching regularly, my day off, I'll, like, stretch it out a little bit just so my arm's just not dormant the okay. whole day. <clears throat> and about the second, third to last throw – we're about 200 feet, which is nothing, right? Yeah. And my arm got in a weird position, and all of a sudden I threw this ball to right center field, almost threw it in the stands. And I'm about halfway down the, the right field line playing catch. Oof. And I was like, what the hell? And it was loud. Like three, my teammates, about three people down from me, heard my elbow pop. And I was like, huh, because I've never had an arm issue. So I was sitting there, and I, I was moving my arm around. I went to throw the next ball, like, nice and easy. I threw it right in front of me. And I was like, oh, all right, oh, see you guys shit. next year. I was like, see you guys next year. I literally pulled out my phone, and I called my trainer who was in the bullpen. I was like, meet me in the training room right now. He was like, what's the matter? I said, my elbow just snapped. Meet me oh, in the my God. I woke up the next morning. I woke up the next morning and my arm was stuck in like a 45 degree angle and it was painful. I could not even put my, my hand in my pocket. Like I couldn't move it like at all. It was like stuck in this position. And a couple of weeks later I have DJ dude. 
physically, obviously it hurts. Mentally, again, back to mentally, how are you dealing with that? Like, holy, this, no, like, how can this happen? Yeah, I, I went through, I, it was, it was, it was heavy on the mental because when I went to the Giants, I felt like they truly, I feel like they truly wanted me to get up to the big leagues. Um, and so I started hitting well, playing well, got in my rhythm again. And then it's like playing catch on an off day, bang, snap my elbow. The process of it wasn't as frustrating as when I came back. So when I came back, and at the time, I didn't really have anybody to give me, like, hey, by the way, even a year and a half after your surgery, you're still probably going to be feeling it. Oof. Like, not, I didn't have anybody to tell me those things. Yeah. And so I came back in 10 months, started playing in Mexico, and it was painful. And But I had to keep playing. Like, it wasn't no, you know, and I played well, and I, I still threw well, but I wasn't throwing, I wasn't defensively i wasn't playing like i was capable of playing but i couldn't do anything about it i think that was the most frustrating part like last year or the beginning of this year actually this season i actually felt like myself in almost two years post-surgery and so it's two years man it just it takes a while man like it, it, it really does and and if you're not in that professional big league environment like it's much harder when you're when you're not an organized ball, I want to talk about the Mexican league, but first I want to talk international baseball in Germany because you play with the the Germany team. How's uh how's the baseball culture out there? Are they not as talented? I mean, fan wise, are they into it or? Uh... <clears throat> they have a lot of national pride out there. I mean, so they root for any team that's you, German. You, you you could I feel like you could probably have a national pickleball team and they would back <laughs> out. Like I, I just think they just I think they just really care about their national teams and sports. They might not know it. They might not really like like root for it. Yeah. But seeing how it's our national team, they're going to go support. You know what I'm saying? Um, the baseball culture isn't as big yeah. in a lot of a lot of other countries outside of the Latin Americas. Japan. Yeah, especially in Europe, it's not big at all. Yeah, I was like, we we're, we're badass soccer players though. Yeah. Right? So you help um, those guys out there a lot though too, don't you? Help the Germany guys. Um, yeah, sometimes I still, I still have some guys over there. I got fans of mine from over there that reach out to me and follow what I do over here. Um, I've become friends with a lot of the guys I played with for the, the last two qualifiers. Um, I just don't have all the time in the world to go out there. All the yeah. Time. To keep shooting out to Germany. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's definitely a different culture though. I love that you mentioned the, you know, the European soccer, f- uh, fans, cause the fans in baseball in Mexico, Venezuela, DR, it's insane. It's like a soccer game out there. So now you're bringing your talents down to Mexico. One, what made you choose Mexico over different countries? Because obviously you have probably different offers. So, Well, it, it was more so about a timing thing. So when I realized I wasn't getting signed back to the States, um, Mexico and Japan, Korea, those are the only places that play ball in the summer. Yeah. So your DRs and stuff are only winter ball. So I got a nice offer from Mexico to come down there and play. And I was like, well, I don't have any other options at this moment in time. So I was like, I'm 28 years old. Like, all right, cool. I'm down. Like, whatever. And so I went down there. The culture is insane. Like, The passion of those fans are great. Dude, these people live and die with baseball. It's, 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 it makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if you go to like these smaller cities that aren't such a good stadium, they still pack out stands. Like, it's incredible. What food, listen, I know the Mexican food's great. What food do you miss the most being in Mexico? Probably probably the seafood. Okay, that's I, good. I feel, it's okay. I, I've played, well, I've played in some places and gone to some places where their seafood's pretty immaculate. Like, I've played with some places. I've been to some places on the water, on the coast, this and the other. The way they prepare seafood and stuff is unmatched. Like, it's... The seasonings, the way they cook it, what they cook it in, the the accoutrements that come with it, the setting, it's it's incredible. Just Mexican food in general, like here in America, it's different. It's it's more processed here in America. Oh, but when God. you have legitimate Mexican food, it's it's amazing. Down there, there's a lot of MLB players that play down that league, also too, isn't there? Okay. You love them playing down there. Um. Wait. What'd you say? You love playing down there? Like, you're really enjoying it, right? It's a, it's a good time, man. Like, every everywhere you go and play, you know, there's always politics and business. But 
it's like nowadays though the game itself here in the states is getting younger and so if you just don't if you don't fit like a specific profile it's gonna be hard for you to get a job so it's like we were down there last year and i had chris carter keon broxton addison russell um uh i had see i had like two other guys on my team that were ex-big leaguers and then you go to other teams like these guys got uh francisco rodney they got uh neftali feliz they got and those dudes still blowing 100 yeah you're talking about name players yeah like neftali still throws 97 (laughs) francisco rodney at 40 whatever years old still throwing 97 like it's just it's just like these guys like it's, it's like if you don't get the opportunity in the states to go back or to continue mexico is kind of the next best thing if you don't go to korea or japan uh, just because, like I said, if you're looking to keep playing in the summertime, yeah. it's only three different countries that play three different countries that play in the summer. One's close, and the two other are pretty far away. Exactly. What's the biggest difference game style in Mexican baseball, and you know anything different? Anything crazy? Um, you'll run into some. You'll run into some teams like your powerhouse teams that have a little more power in their lineups. Mm-hmm. But they play a lot of they 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 play a lot of functional baseball. There's a lot more bunting and hitting, and running, and situational hitting going on. Just because the overall league itself, it's it's not like it's not like you're in Double A here where you got you know these kids that made five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a different ball game. You know, you don't have like it's getting better. It's getting more competitive. Like it's uh, like even in winter ball, winter ball. Is a pitcher's league because it's if the weather's cooler, the stadiums are a little mm-hmm. bigger, ball don't fly as much. Um, but I mean, you got guys coming out of the minor leagues and even the big leagues that pitching winter ball that coming out there throwing 96, 98, and they're just like, here you go, hit it. Like, and, it, and it's 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 difficult, but the as a whole, the competition I feel like is getting better and better every year. Are you still a fan of the game or not, not of playing baseball? Are you a fan? Do you watch baseball right now? Me? Um, yeah. Not really. Uh, I don't. I've never watched it while I was employed by it. Okay. <laughs> um. It's just, it's just because I don't watch the game. Like I'm about to go. I'm here in Huntsville, Alabama. We have the Double A team for the Angels here, the Trash Pandas or whatever. Okay. So I just found out one of my good friends that I played with Mexico last year is on that team right now. So oh, that's dope. I'm going to watch them and see him this evening. Um, but this is the first. This is the first game. I think in my twelve years of being a professional, I think I've probably went to three games, and I've, I've never stayed for a full game. Really? But, well, I, well, when I watch it, I analyze it though. Like I, I You're watch watching it a completely different way than everybody else does. I, I watch it as if as if it's my job. And you're watching as a catcher too, Bruce. So you're not watching for- as a. So you're watching – why do you That's, pull that – yes, you're watching – Exactly. Like a quarterback. If you watch a game with a quarterback, they're watching a completely different – I have to actually – Well, it's like it's, yeah. it's like – it's like <clears throat> I would say it's very similar to play, playing Madden and the dude you're playing against is an NFL quarterback. And he's, and he's making you look like an idiot because he's reading everything on your defense and you probably don't even know all of it because you're a normal person. And he's out here destroying you, and you can't do anything about it. It's the That's same thing. great. That's a great comparison. Oakland Stadium, they packed it a few weeks ago to show, like, the anti-protest. It's dreary. I, Slade told me. It's kind of sucky playing out there. And it shouldn't be because the fans there are passionate. The stadium, he complained about the clubhouse and this. You pro the move to Vegas? No, absolutely not. Oh, really? I will, okay. I will, I will, I will never – I will never – even a one percent support that move because wow it's it's more it's more than just baseball like people don't understand like i went back last week to see some of my coaches and stuff i know i didn't go to the game but i went early because all the coaches that are there right now were there when i was there okay i haven't been i haven't seen these guys in six seven years and so i was in the area i came through you walk in that stadium man and yes, let me preface this. The bullpens could be redone. The locker room could be better. The 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 seats and stuff in the stadium could be renovated. This and the other. It could be upgraded. But when you walk in that stadium, 
you are walking into one of the most historical baseball stadiums in history of baseball. When you look up and you have Dave Stewart, Ricky Henderson, Raleigh Fingers, all these guys sitting on top of this stadium, you're just like, there's no way in hell you can take this away from the people of Oakland. Like the A's are Oakland. It's not like you can, it's not like they're not like the Warriors. You can't go from the bay, the one side of the bay to the other one and it'd still be Gucci. No, the Oakland A's are and forever will be the center of Oakland sports. So I do not support it whatsoever because at the end of the day, they're not trying to do what's best for the city of Oakland. They're trying to do what's best for their own pockets. Shock, yeah. And and it's and it's unacceptable because a team like that, that's like that's like that's like moving the Cubs. Just an institution. They're an institution there. You can't do it. People live, breathe, and eat Oakland A's green and gold, bro. And it's like I played there for seven years. I developed some great friendships and some met some great people through that organization. And as as you could say whatever you want about the the, the the stadium and how it looks old and all this crap, like whatever. But as somebody that was in that locker room, none of what we went through is worth moving. Oof. You like, might because like yeah. like I said, all it takes is some putting some money in there to upgrade the locker room. Guess what? Now. They moved the locker room to the Raiders locker room instead of where ours was, right? So I didn't get to see it while I was there, but you got more space. It's a bigger area, this and the other. So it's probably a lot better now. But it doesn't take much. But to remove that team from where it's at to Vegas, you're going to hurt and you're going to damage not only the people of that city, but the city itself. That's heavy, man. Because, you know, you forget the teams of – McGuire, Canseco, Ricky, and then, you know, Dave Stewart, Moore, Welch, Eckersley. And then even later on, Zito, Mulder, Hudson, like there were some legendary, you know, uh, pockets of teams there. Dude, and then, you know, they Johnny Damon and Giambi, dude, they had some heavy bro, teams, man. Bro, it's, you, you got Hatterberg, like all, like it, it's, and it's, and it's unfortunate because like I said, it's like telling, telling the Cubs nation that you're going to move the Cubs. Oh. That's like telling telling the telling the Yankees that you're going to move them to Pennsylvania. It's like you're telling the Boston Red Sox yeah. that you're moving, like you're moving them to to whatever. It, it's like it's something that it's something that you just can't do. That's a good answer, like, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, you can't do it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a I'm not a born and raised in Oakland, California, but I grew to respect and embrace that culture in that city and they still thr- the 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 people don't come to games because they're tired of the ownership yeah, they're and, tired and that's of- what the anti-protest was they packed the stadium like bro we want to be here we want to show up just do yeah. the right thing by us they're they're personal they're personally putting out a below average team every year because they don't want to pay the players they need to play the pay it's disgusting it really is like you turn on the all-star game this year you got about eight dudes in the all-star game this year that were nate that were yeah. that were drafted and homegrown guys and they're over here signing eight year nine year 200 million dollar contracts and they're all-stars for that team yep and the previous year they were with Oakland. or two years ago three years must ago kill whatever. the fans the fans see that like we're drafting so fans. well oh yeah, and 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 it's and it's even harder for like Oakland because you know the money ball and all that BS back in the day. Yeah, it worked then, but guess what? Now every team has money. Yeah, every team can put money in the, it's whether they choose to or not. We got one of the they got one of the richest owners in I baseball, know. and so and in and the Coliseum, where the Coliseum is, it's perfect for people. It's easy to get to, plenty mm-hmm. of parking, huge area, and it's and it's it's right off the freeway. Like you can see the stadium from the damn airport, yeah. you know, and so it, it's just it's sad. It's sad that they think they think that the move to Vegas is going to help them. When at the end of the day, the most loyal fans in baseball are, or one of the most loyal fan bases in baseball is the fucking Oakland A's, dude. And you're not going to get hardcore Las Vegas A's fans. Like you, you'll get the tourists that'll go there. Oh, let's go check out a game, but you're not going to get the. Bro, hardcore. nobody care. 
No, no one. Nobody care. It's different for football. There's only eight home games. So you could put a football team like in Green Bay. You could put you can get people to go. 81 games in Vegas, you'll get the tourists. You're not gonna get fans and the Oakland fans are like, dude, you left us. Yeah. It sucks, man. Now, I mean, and what's gonna happen is, and I hate to say this for all my people from Oakland that see this. Um, I hate to say this, but you're gonna end up turning lifelong A's fans into Giants fans. Yeah, without a doubt, because I mean he's so disgusted. Listen, I know you got to see your boy play, but you ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Yeah, hit me. You and I, I are at a, you and I are at a bar here in New York City. You want to impress okay. the whole bar. Who's the coolest dude in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? You want to impress the bar. You got a name drop here. Ooh, that's a good one, actually. Um, are we in a baseball bar or, or what are we talking about here? Regular bar in New York City. We're in the West Village at a nice bar. People they're like, oh shit, you play in the M- you play in the majors? Like, look who I can text right now. This guy's gonna text me back. Doesn't have to be a ball play, just a name drop right now. Coco would be not my number one guy. Coco's a good answer. Coco, Adam Jones. Ooh, that's a, yeah, let's see. Coco, Adam Jones, Those Marshawn two Lynch. Ooh, Lynch is a good one too. That's impressive. Marshawn, um Oh, that's a yeah, that's a <laughs> That's a that's a loaded one, dude. How about one sporting event in history that you wish you could have witnessed live? Front row seats to any sport, any event in the history of sports. Where where you uh, what uh, match, what fight, what anything? The World Cup game with Team Germany and Mexico. Well, that's a good answer. I would have lost my mind if I would have been there. That's a good answer. I almost broke my TV because I came. <laughs> I really did. And I was in Mexico watching it. Oh, my God. Favorite show Bruce loves to binge watch? Um, SWAT. It's a good show? SWAT. It's a good one, man. I've, I've seen it multiple times, and I constantly started over to watch it again. Uh, Shamar Moore, those guys. I, I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big police, military kind of uh series kind of person like i okay. love narcos i love all those things um but it comes my, my dad's ex-military so it's like i just i like those type of shows because they they're they're not stagnant yes, they, yes. they progress but I, I love the military tactical thing about all that stuff last person you asked for a picture or autograph of ken griffey jr where'd you meet him in atlanta it was two Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, about two is weeks that, ago. Is that the first time you ever met him? Yes. Oh, okay, tell me. The and I, sick. Freaked, hear I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out. I was sitting there. I was sitting there. So <laughs> so the um, we, we have an MLB developed stuff that does uh, tournaments and, and showcases for minority players, right? So this organization that the MLB develops organization for the Dream Series is not stuff – it's they usually take they take the top African Americans in their classes, like you know pitchers, catchers, hitters, whatever, and they bring them all together at different times of the year, and they they play against each other. Okay, but their instruction and their coaching staff are also former black players, right? So I've been a part of that for a couple years now, but I was I was on my way somewhere else the next day, and somebody had called me, hey, you need to stop by the Brave Stadium. Um, they're doing the MB, the Hank Aaron Invitational this evening. I was like, oh. I was like, okay. So I stopped by. One of the the guy who runs all of that, I've known for a long time. And then I walk into the dugout while I'm talking to somebody. I saw Ricky Weeks to my right. I was like, Ricky, what's good, baby? Like, gave him a hug. Like, I haven't seen him in a while. And I just looked up. And I was like, I was like, Ricky, that's, that's Ken Griffey Jr. He was like, yeah. I was like, but that's like the Ken Griffey Jr. I was like, he was like, I played with him. I was like, that's not the point here. Yeah. I was like, that's not the point. I said, I'm having a fan moment right now. I said, I'm 32 years old, and I am I am on the inside hollering like a child. And I walked up to him. I was like, Mr. Griffey Jr.? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not really sure. You got like three names. So it's, I was like, but I'm Bruce. Pleasure to meet you. He goes, I know who you are. I was like, don't do that. Stop it. So, I was like, don't do that. He was like, I know who you are. And I was like, no, you don't. He goes, I know who you are. He goes, you still play in Mexico? I was like, oh, okay. Holy shit. Know. I said, okay, you kind of know me. Well, there's not many of us. So no, it's, I know, it's but, like, but still, bro. 
Yeah. And so I was like, hey, uh, Mr. Ken Griffey Jr., sir. And he was like, what's going on? I said, I'm going to do this, and I'm sure you get it everywhere you go. I need a picture with you. Like, there's, I can't leave here without getting a photo with you. He was like, all right. I was like, you sure it's okay? If you say no, I will respect it. Like, and I was like, you've literally been my favorite player for 32 years. Wow. Like, and uh, he was like, yeah, absolutely. I got a picture with him, Jerry Manuel. Uh, um, I, I mean, Junior Spivey and them guys were there. Like, those dudes are my, like, I talked to them all the time. It was just a surreal moment for me because I have tried to be in the same places as him. And I've always missed him. And then this time, I completely didn't realize that he would be there. And it was random. It was awesome. That's, I'll be honest, that's one of the coolest fanboy experiences I've ever had. That's a great one because he was your guy. It's not, like, it's not like, oh, I just met, you know, Larry Bird. I just met Hulk Hogan, who you love. But I'm like, hold that. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, it, it, was, it, was just, it was just different because I talked to my dad about it. And, like, you know, I was playing with Oakland. I got to meet. I got to work with Ricky Henderson, yeah. Dave Stewart, yeah. all these guys. Those were awesome, right? Like, they were legends. But Griffey was my favorite player. So it it just – it was different. It was yeah, completely different. It hits different. Yeah. Okay, you're, we're back in New York. You're It's 3 a.m. You're five beers in. What food are you going to eat at 3 a.m.? Philly cheesesteak, bro. Good answer. That's a solid Philly, answer. <laughs> every, every place for a year and a half – even when we came to play New York in when I was in Oakland, there was not a day I was there that I went and got food and I didn't get a Philly cheesesteak. It just, it's just different. Like it's amazing. Like I don't care. I don't care the nutritional facts. It's yeah. <laughs> We're not going to say no Uncle Coco here. Best teammate you ever played with? Yonder Alonso. Really? Yonder Alonso, one of the most humble, hardworking personable people I've ever played with him and Matt Joyce. Really? Okay. That's a good end. I like the fact that it's going, you're thinking outside the box and you're really thinking about these answers. And well, I see, they're, they're, yeah. they're incredible. <laughs> I can tell you, I've probably been around or played with maybe two to three difficult guys to be around, but they weren't like assholes. They were just very specific about how they did their stuff every day. So if you didn't understand it, like it would bother you. Never bothered me. Mm -hmm. But they weren't like overly friendly like these people. Like Yonder and Matt, out, like you said, outside of Coco, obviously, there were some great guys I played with. But from a from an older player standpoint, because like I came up with Matt Olson and Chad Pender and Chapman and all those guys, so I don't count them. But as yeah. an older guy, yeah, dude, Yonder and Matt, those dudes are those dudes are um, those guys are irreplaceable. Like I still talk to Matt. I talk to Yonder every now and again. They don't have to talk to me, bro. Yeah. Like they're ten year big leaguers and they're out here living their lives. But they take they always take the time to check in with me and and be good people, bro. It was it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Final two. I see you rocking a wedding ring. How'd you propose? Christmas Eve. I did it twice actually. So okay. Christmas Eve at my mom's house in the living room last year. Okay. And then I did it again in winter ball this past year um, in the living room of my apartment. Why the double proposal? Um, because the first one, the first one we did, I I wanted to change. Like I, I went through some things uh, personally that kind of dampered, like after the fact, it kind of dampered, it dimmed the light a little bit and it, and it made us question a little bit about what we were doing so when i got more clarity on the situation i did it again because when i did it the second time it was like listen i want you undoubtedly to understand that i'm choosing you every single day i wake up and i go to bed oh that's like i want you wow. to, i want you to be certain that i am in this because it was it was low-key a question mark at the beginning you know, and my wife now is an incredible, incredible human being. She's put up with so much shit for me and it's taken, but she's also allowed me the space to fail and not feel like, like I'm not human. Like we all make mistakes, but I've also, she's also given me the space and the, 
the the help to to work on myself and to and to support and to really truly understand the de- definition of unconditional love. And so now to this day, I will literally stop my whole world to make sure she's having a better day today or or she needs this or this and the other. And it's because I actually truly feel like I'm in a space that's unconditional and loving. You know what I'm saying? That's the definition of love, man. Does Alabama football dethrone Georgia this year? I mean, I'm always going to say yes. <laughs> I have. That's one of few things in life that I have doubt. I don't have doubt in. In saving like, we can't, trust, you right? I'm about to say you can't. You can't ask a Bama fan that, like, because everybody's be like, "Yeah, of course, duh." Yeah. Like, like, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not one of those fans that like my week gets ruined if Bama loses. Because last time I checked, I don't play football. So, it, but it, I mean, it bothers me when we play shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we play bad, you know, and we lose to a team we shouldn't be losing to. But if we just straight up get beat, dude, I don't like. Like my stepbrother used to, his week was just in ruins if Bama lost. My ruins. It's like Bruce, how you feel? I was like, about what? It's Tuesday. Like, what? What are we talking about? He was like, I'm just so upset. And I was like, bro, they play again Saturday. Relax. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, they're they're gonna be in the playoff, dude. I promise you. Like, they're never not in the playoff. Like, it's gonna be okay. And final question, coolest piece of memorabilia that you own? Ooh, that's a good one, actually. Um, memorabilia. Oh, that's, man, I don't even know why I was thinking that hard. Uh, I have an original game-worn Seattle Mariners jersey from Griffey. Um, game-worn. My cousin went to a game when he when he was younger. I was probably six at the time. He had gone to a game where Griffey took his jersey off and threw it in the stands, and he caught it, and he also got the batting gloves to match. I have Griffey's dirt. It's still dirty. I've had it for 20 years. Um, it's in a frame. The jerseys are still ripped. They don't even – I mean, the, the gloves, the batting gloves are still ripped. Jersey's still dirty. And I have that in a frame – in my room at this moment in time. That is one of the best memorabilia answers I've heard in a long time. Yeah. I've got some other cool stuff, but like I got a signed Steph Curry jersey. Um I've got um I've got car actually just wore it the other day. I got a Carmelo I got a um one of the original Carmelo Anthony uh Syracuse jerseys. I've got Shaq's LSU jersey from college. I've got Vince Carter's UNC jersey. Are you a big like, college basketball guy? We just uh, like the college to jerseys. Ex- to, to, to an extent. I'm a jersey guy. But when it comes to basketball jerseys, like I have a couple Warriors jerseys, uh, but they're signed. Okay. And so. So you're not rocking them. Well, the only reason I got them, though, is because I play for Oakland, right? Yeah. But um, when it comes to basketball jerseys, I like the throwback college jerseys of these NBA players. Like the old. Now, I, I have, I'm, a, I'm a Kentucky basketball fan. I live and die with Kentucky basketball, but I love like the Allen Iverson Georgetown jersey. Oh, that's oh, great. Sick. Oh, yeah, my God. I think I think those are unmatched when it comes to those type of jerseys. Like I've got you know my Walter Payton jersey from the you know I've got um, some Bears jerseys. My dad's my dad's had. Um, I've got um, I got Marquette King. You remember the punter in Oakland? Yes, of course, of course. I have a I have a white and platinum jersey of his because we're homies. And so I've got his Raiders jersey. I've got Marshawn Lynch's Raiders jersey. I've got my bud, my buddy Reggie Ragland, who's played for the Giants, the Chiefs, this, that, and the other. I've got his jersey, but we grew up together. So he's from here. So he's like my little brother. It's funny because he's younger than me. It's weird. Um, but I've got a few of his jerseys. Um, I've got some New York Rangers jerseys, like hockey jerseys. Why Rangers jerseys? Um, uh, well, so my stepdad is from um, – I can't even remember now. My dad's my stepdad's from New York, born okay. and raised. So he's their diehard Giants fans and Mets fans, actually. Dude, you got to come up for a game. We'll link up. Oh yeah, like we were, we were actually supposed to be up there this past weekend, but I was in California. But um, but his family, he's diehard Italian, like full blown Italian, bro. <laughs> Every time I come home, there's just bread and cheese everywhere in the house, like. Goes with everything. Like my wife hates it. It's hilarious. Uh, but um, oh yeah, but dude, I got I got all type 
if, if I ran you through my closet, man, I got jerseys you probably ain't even ever seen. That's so dope, bro. It really is. Well, well, because my my dad was one of like so I have a I have a whole collection, and my dad my dad can test to this. I have a whole collection of Negro League jerseys. Really? Because my dad, like my dad's, my dad's forty. No, forty. I think it was my dad's forty fifth. No, not forty fifth. It was his fiftieth birthday. Yeah, fiftieth birthday. Okay. I bought him a. It was like a thousand dollar Kansas City Monarchs, white and red. The white and red. That's crisp with the Casey hat. All. Satchel Page Negro League jersey. I had to. The the things I had to do to find this jersey were unheard of. And I bought this for him, and my dad broke down in tears. And my dad don't cry about anything. And so I have it now because, obviously, he's not going to do anything with it. And, uh, I mean, it's wool, bro. Like, it's it's authentic. It's got the little authentication-like thing. It's Ooh. sick. Have you ever heard of uh, Ebbets Fields Flannels? Yes. Dude, they do old Negro League jerseys. They have the Monarchs jersey. They have the um, Homestead Grays jersey. But the, what they did, they're expensive jerseys. But they use the actual material. Correct. That, oh, dude, those jerseys. Dude, fresh. I have a I have a Letterman jacket for like a like the the Negro League Letterman jacket has all the teams on the back. And also, my favorite jersey I have, hands down, I have a Atlanta Black Crackers jersey. It's it's black, red, and blue. <laughs> By far, most fire jersey I got. The like, Negro League jerseys are. I'm telling you, the grays is just the, you know the um. The Homestead jerseys oh, are the fire. Homestead. I got a, I got a, I got one of them. Is it the I've, Josh got, Gibson one? I think they have. Would you ever want to have? It's beautiful. Oh my god, yeah, it's phenomenal. Sick, dude. Yeah, it's, it's insane. This was an absolute blast. Thank you for opening up with all your stories and being honest about stuff. Sometimes people come on and just give, oh yeah, yes, dude. This was a fucking blast. And all can aside, bro, come well, to New York and we'll hook it up, man. This was fucking awesome, bro. No, for sure, man. I've, I've always, I've always, you know, I've done the podcast and the interviews before this, that, and the other, but I just tell people, I was like, bro, I'm a, like, I wear a jersey for a living. Don't get me wrong. I said, but I'm a literally a normal ass person. Like, Dude, this and is and I, I like to, I like, I like to be that way. And like I told my dad, I was like, hey, I got to go. I got to get on a podcast real quick. He goes, for what? I was like, I don't know what the questions are. He's going to kick it. It's like, he's going to ask me questions. I'm going to answer them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, there's Dude, no theme. This was a great convo. Enjoy your boy playing in the minor leagues, and let's keep in touch, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. Bruce, be good, my friend. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye.